Well, if it isn't the topic du jour, aka the topic of the day, I know everybody's talking about AI and uh, specifically ChatGPT, especially with this release of um, scientific leaders and you know Elon Musk and Wozniak talking about pausing AI. But I've been thinking deeply about it, and uh, my clients have asked me to analyze what's going on. So I use the relationship-driven growth strategy session to give my take and have a couple of really intelligent people weigh in as well. I think what you're going to hear is a simplified version of how you can internalize what's going on with this stuff, of how it'll affect you uh, in the short term at the very least. I'm obviously not a computer scientist. I'm not any uh, kind of like a super whiz-bang nerd that's uh, super smart or anything like that, but um, I have a way of being able to explain things in, uh, in a way that uh, is easy to understand. So this is what I think is happening right now with AI, where it's going in the short to medium term, and what it means to you specifically. Let me know what you think about this. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. I've been thinking a lot about AI and where the world is now, where it's going to go with it, and the overall picture, right? Since last week's show, I've been experimenting a bunch with ChatGPT. Happy to share some of like what I'm doing with ChatGPT because it's making a lot of sense to me. But I think here's the key thing. The role of AI right now is reduce the gap between imagine an idea and begin content production, right? Like begin the production of it. Whether it's the prompt to write something or the image to draw something, right? Like it is going to be getting better and better at shortening that gap of like what's in my head and what I can like express in my words or however I'm saying it 
to getting the first draft on page. And then it's going to get better at iterating through that draft. And we're using that right now. I'll show it in a second. But as far as how it's going to affect businesses, I was listening to a podcast called Category First from a company called Goldfront with Josh Lohman speaking. And he put out this kind of like three-step framework of what's happening. And I really think it's real, right? Like right now on the product side, it's moving from, it's going to mirror basically the software industry, right? When software first came out, it was just like, hey, this is the software version of this, right? Like you have a typewriter, then there's the word processor, the software version of the word processor. You can draw something on a piece of paper or you can do it on a computer. Right now, that same thing is happening to AI. The Every product that we use right now is going to be, there's going to be a AI version of that product, right? Like, Zoom, right? Like what is the, there is going to be the, if Zoom is what we use for video conferencing, there's going to be like the AI powered video conferencing machine. If Microsoft Word is what we use for writing, there's going to be the AI enhanced, AI enhanced word processor. If we are doing, again, presentations, PowerPoint, it's going to be the AI version of a presentation building machine or, and so on and so forth. As far as service companies go, right? Michael, yours in my space, B2B service companies and or B2C service companies, this also applies. It's going to be all about who figures out the right tech stack to make their service incorporate these tools that are the AI version of this tool that then creates operational efficiencies. It creates higher ROI, better returns, quicker, you know, like quicker turnarounds, less expensive product development, right? And that to me is the way that it's going to be playing out in the short term. It's how do you get better at using these tools to go from ideation to creation as quickly as possible and iteration as quickly as possible. And then it's how do you build it into your business workflows in order to enhance your capacity to deliver what you like to deliver to people? right? If it is a, how quickly you do it, that's one thing. If it's how many you can do, that's another. It's how, If it's giving them more options, that's a whole nother thing, right? But it's that is what's going to create right now, the speed to win of who gets known for the best services, for the, for the highest quality stuff is going to be the people that figure out how to bring in these AI functions to shorten those little gaps in how many different processes you can shorten those gaps. So if you're going to take all the stuff that you do, right? Like if I'm thinking about how do I produce a podcast and then repurpose it, I'm going to break down all of the different steps in how I think of, you know, in how I think of planning a podcast, producing it, and then repurposing it. And I'm going to start looking for every single gap of how an AI process product can add speed to the delivery of that piece. For example, writing a show description for a podcast, right? Like just in a micro, just in a microcosm, I'm having next week, the guy that I'm bringing on is super interesting, right? Like marketing agency that served construction companies and realized that it doesn't matter how well he markets. If he's not, if they're not hiring the right people, then there's no point in bringing them more clients, right? So he, changed his specialty to like marketing to hire talent for construction companies. So what I did was I went into chat GPT 
And I put, I was trying to figure out the headline and I was trying to figure out the description of, of the show. And I put in chat GPT, I put, I'm recording a podcast with a marketing expert that construction clients that realized I said the same thing, right? That realized that it doesn't matter how many new clients they bring in. If they're not acquiring great talent, it's not going to grow their company. So they changed their specialty to create a marketing process style, hiring and recruitment process. And we're going to talk about that on this podcast. I want it to, I don't want this thing to be only construction focused. I want it to be more focused on how universally this can be applied and and I need a headline that will get the attention of someone scrolling through their podcast streams and thinking of marketing as the growth lever and make them stop and say, oh, this is different. Maybe I should check this out. I literally wrote that out. And it wrote out five great descriptions of how to do it. From those, I just, I, oh, so it wrote down five really good descriptions, better than what, you know, like options that variate, you know, created variations based on what I had. And then I was like, great descriptions. Now write a show description that has a catchy beginning made to engage an audience, made to engage the reader, then talks about the person and who they are, by the way, his name is X, and then shares three things that a listener can listen to, can expect to learn from the podcast in bullet point fashion. Boom, spit it out. I then literally took the five options I combined to make the best title that I wanted. I changed a couple of things in the beginning of that blog description of the show description, and it was ready to go. That is normally something that takes me 20, 25 minutes based on the prompts that I put in there and the feedback from ChatGPT took me about eight minutes, right? And that's just one part of my process in all the things that I do that I added speed to, right? Like this eliminates the need for having to have an in-house writer that writes all these descriptions for everybody. It eliminates the need for my client to have to write all their things, right? Like it allows me to like add more scale and more take things off of your plate in that part on the front end. And it's all about that. It's all about just shortening that that piece, right? So I just want to encourage you all to like, think of it that way. Like think of it as like, this is just like software. Whoever figured out how to use Excel first got to win in the accounting game and in the projections game, right? So like, how can you figure out how to like add these things into your workflows in order to increase the speed and increase the scale at which you can operate? And you do that by segmenting each different thing of what you do and seeing where you can insert an already existing program to help you reduce the time it takes to go from idea to like first draft or from first draft to second draft or third draft to final draft. That's my speaking point there. What'd y'all think? Right on the money, like right on money. I I am very interested in what you'll think as soon as ChatGPT switches over to GPT four. I started um, using four. Huh? Yeah, I used four for this. Oh, gotcha. It's just it's kind of insane what four is actually capable of. Yeah, it's nuts, man. But here's the deal, right? So I, I think the point that I'm trying to make is that it's really easy to get lost on the high end of what this can do instead of focusing on like the little crack that it can patch for you on the way to building your building. You know what I'm saying? Like for me right now, it's really all about that. So other example, right? We're producing this. I've realized that in order to grow a community, one of the fastest things that you can do to do this is to launch a class so that you can help people go through it. And, you know, like we've done it as a cohort style class, but for JWB, we're creating, since the community is already established, 
we're creating like a rental property investing 101 class so that anybody that like gets to the show and is like, oh, this is cool, but I'm not really sure what they're talking about and they can catch up. Like we're making like a 15 module class about it. I took one of the I took one of the recordings from one of the modules of the class. I put it into Chat GPT and I said, write me a description of, you know, this is a class about rental property investing. This section talks about the tax savings that you get from rental property investing. Please write me a summary of what you would learn here as a class description that a college professor would put in a syllabus. Enter, boom, spit it out, perfect. Next, I put, great. Now can you write me a summary of what a student in college would have learned taking this class in a format that they would take notes in order to study for an exam about the topics? Boom. Did it, (laughs) you know, like now there's a PDF of like class notes and like cheat sheet, right? Then I put if, and then I put now write me a five question quiz that asks, that would test my learning retention of the subjects in this class, did the quiz. And then I said, now give me the answers to that quiz, right? So like it immediately went from me being able to produce a standard kind of like class for someone to produce, you know, like the video content of it to produce the content, the summary, the cliff notes version of it, the quiz for it and have it all in one package. And that adds a ton of value just based on very basic things. So really think that the key to winning with AI is not the, not getting lost in the like think bigness of it, but the think smallness and little parts. Yeah, I agree. I was writing the landing page for the e-course and I don't know if you remember, but way back in October, I could not do it. I just could not bring myself to write this landing page because this was the first time I'd ever I had remember to do perfectly. this without having a direct copywriter. Yep. And I've never offered copywriting services explicitly because I know I'm bad at it. And this time around with this e-course, I consulted like four people and chat GPT. And I feel like I had a pretty good landing page as a result because chat GPT was like, here's how the vast majority of copywriters say it based upon my training. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So I can just iterate on this then. So whenever I found myself questioning myself, I'd be like, okay, chat GPT, what's your go? And then I would grab its take and it'd be like, nope, hate it. Nope, love that. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, I'm just going to move this up here. And then it was kind of at that moment where I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel a lot like when I was working with the copywriters on the Adventure Instead and Keystone Symposia teams. Granted, they were better. Like they more frequently hit a thing where I'm like, no changes. But the fact that the AI was hitting it, it gave me a base for me to say, I don't like it said this way. I do like it said this way. That'll work. I have sessions like this with Rita all the time where I'm like, all right, we're just kind of like brainstorming back and forth. The more that I treat ChatGPT as if it was Rita, right? If I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like I was thinking, what about this? Instead of like, I think the one mistake is to think too big with it and get lost in the grandeur of it. But then the other thing is like, don't treat it like it's Google, right? Like it's not like, don't talk to it like a robot. Talk to it like like you would ask Michael's advice and just be like, I'm trying to do this. And it really works, man. Like it's really fascinating. And I'm super pumped to see like what it looks like once we're able to do that with videos and images and whatever. Like I'm trying to think of like, man, I could have a crazy dream, wake up, describe it and ask the AI to like do the painting of the image that I saw in my head and seeing that we have all, this is something that Josh Lohman said in this, in that podcast is like, we have all these beliefs around the implicit cost of creation, right? Like the implicit cost of going from this thing that a little kid had in his, in, in her head to the production of it. And AI is completely shortening that stuff and like starting to 
you know, right now it's just kind of like taking small steps out of the way. Eventually, you know, the only thing that it's going to limit us from creating is our imagination and our ability to describe what we see, right? So I guess at the end of the day, it's just going to be learning language and how to describe things properly and express yourself correctly is going to be the only limiting factor towards creation, which I find pretty incredible. Yeah. So one of the big considerations that I have the whole time I was in the GPT-4 presentation, I was constantly thinking of this one experiment that was done in 2016 with Google Home and Alexa devices, where they asked several children to play in a playroom that was established with them and basically observed all of their actions and interactions, how they interact with children. And then they had those children split off into two groups, A group, B group. And then the A group was given standard Google Home experiences as they come out of the box. And then the other Google Home experiences were especially formatted to play with the kids. So if the kids said a specific action, play tic-tac-toe with me, the Google Home was given a script that it would follow in order to do that. And then both of the groups of kids would come out of that interaction into a final room where they were asked to perform a series of tasks using the smart home devices. And they would gauge, the scientists gauged how frustrated or angry or how different the children's language were when they were interacting with the two home devices. And the children who had like the standard default kind of robotic smart home experience, they actually felt perfectly comfortable damaging the smart home devices, throwing them around the room, doing everything. But the ones that had played with them on a script for a small while as they went through the tasks, they actually caught several of the children going, no, silly, that's wrong. You're supposed to do it this way do it this way. And there was just an immense amount of comfort and empathy and patience with the smart home devices. And when it came out of that, it's just like, which scenario is best for the development and the relationship of AI? That's it was fascinating. Like yeah, that's cool. the difference, the or, way or that they this, interacted with AI changed how where was that? I don't remember where it was specifically, but it was reported to me through the Institution for Public Relations. Super cool. Yeah. So you can probably go to, they probably have it in like their journal for like 2017. I think you can find it there, but it's fascinating because the way that children in, were taught to interact with AI changed how empathetic they were after the fact. Interesting. That's cool. These are the moments where my brain melts and I love it. But then I'm just like, okay, it's good. Like a warm goulash. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, man, Simon, I, you know, when I think of it, man, I think of you, you know, you are like the stuff that you bring to us, right? Like, like last week when you're like, yeah, I'm trying to get people to understand to, you know, see the kitchen as a, as this way versus that way. I would just like, I advise that you like, Take a flyer on something that you would ask this room, ask the same exact question to ChatGPT, and then ask it follow-up questions the same way that you would do it and see what happens okay. to you, man. Yeah. You know, like, it's really that simple. I've definitely started with little things with it, and it's pretty amazing. Just, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding the gold in just being as descriptive as possible, right? Like, hey, I want this, but I don't want that, and I'm thinking about this, and here's the context behind it. What do you think? You know, like, like, like that kind of thing, right? Like it's the more I put into it, the more I'm 
pleasantly surprised by, oh, okay, I just got to talk to this person. Like I'm talking to like, you know, someone on my team or my boss or, you know, like somebody that I'm brainstorming with, right? Like it really, like that to me is really it. I found it. Nice. It's in the International Journal for Child Computer Interaction. It's volume 13, Reducing Children's Psychological Distance from Feedback Technologies. Interesting. Awesome. And that's it. I'd love to know what you thought of that. And as you know, this is a clip from our open mic sessions after every show on Mondays that start at 4.30. Right around 5.30, we go into this open mic session where we talk about whatever topics are important to us. People show up to get some advice. People show up to share something interesting that they're working on. And it's an open conversation with some really smart people and a lot of value. So I would love for you to join us on the next one. You can find the link in the show notes. Just uh, put on your calendar. Show up one of these days. We'd love to see you.